Ciao, I'm Bruce Weinstein. <laughs> and Mamma Mia, I'm Mark Scarborough, and this is the podcast Cooking with Bruce and Mark, and today we are making what? Lasagna. Uh, lasagna, but not just any lasagna. I mean, there are 8 million lasagnas out there, but A, there are two things about this lasagna. One is that it is kind of, uh, what? Special. Well, it's and- actually easier, I think, than regular lasagna because there are two ingredients missing from this lasagna that most Italian grandmothers would probably slap me over. Well, what are those? No ricotta. Yeah. Or as they say in the U.S., no ricotta. Yes. What is that dropping uh, the final know. vowel of Italian know. words in the I, U.S.? I think Mussolini cut them off or something. No, that's Mussolini. Mussolini <laughs> cut off the final vowels. <laughs> that must be so it. So there's no ricotta and there's no mozzarella. Uh, ah. ah, true. There's no mozzarella. <laughs> uh, that's right. Anyway, what this is, is this is a lasagna that we've made a lot recently. We made it at, actually on Christmas Day at my family's, uh, this is Mark, at my family's in Dallas. And uh, we made a fair amount. And what it is, is it's Italian sausage and ragu and a Parmesan cream sauce. And also, no boiled noodles. Mark just basically ran through quickly the four components. Right. He said there's a ragu, which is just marinara sauce, not a ragu with meat. There's browned Italian sausage, which you hear going in our pot right now, and we're going to do something really special to that. Right. Um, there's going to be a Parmesan cream sauce, which we'll tell you about, and there's the no-boil noodles, which we'll probably have a fight over before the end of this podcast. Maybe. Well, anyway, so let's just talk about this sausage really fast. It's one and a half pounds of bulk Italian, mild Italian sausage. Yeah. Meat. Bulk. And meat. meat. That means no casings. Now, listen. Some people resist cutting off those casings. We, I love the, these words we use, casings. Some people resist... You think it's real? Some people resist cutting off the intestines. Or the plastic. Stu- well, yeah, <laughs> the edible plastic that's been stuffed, but or the intestines, whatever. What we call now, what we deferentially call casings. So some people resist cutting that off and taking the meat out that's been stuffed inside. But um, we're actually... Uh, able to just get it where we live, at least in the grocery store, in bulk. Right? Yeah, you just go there. It's, it's in one-pound packages of bulk meat. Sometimes you can ask the butcher if he has if he has some and he can get it to you. So that's been browning just a little bit of olive oil. I, I put a little squiggle, maybe a tablespoon of olive oil in the pan because the sausage will give off a lot of fat, and I'm actually not going to add all that fat back into the lasagna. And it's almost done. It looks really nice and brown, doesn't it? It yeah. smells good. Yeah. It really does. Yeah, so yeah, now, yeah. Mark has actually chopped up one of those big uh, clamshell plastic containers of baby arugula. Right. And it's that's about five to six cups of arugula. Right. It's a lot of arugula. And um, it's and it's been chopped up. And we can't put all of this in the skillet all at once. We have to kind of put it in in little bits. Not little half bits. Half and half. Yeah. You know, I... Use a big pot. Yeah, I would use a third, but whatever. If you use a giant skillet, if you have, we have a giant skillet going on the stove, so you could put half and half. If you have just the regular 10 or 12-inch skillet, you'll probably have to do this in quarters or thirds. And if you don't have a bigger skillet than a regular 10-inch skillet, use a Dutch oven to brown the sausage. That'll be true, fine. True, true. And I also don't know why you don't have a bigger skillet, but that's the whole thing, and it has to do with your lifestyle, and we'd have to talk about it. So anyway, get yourself a big skillet and do this. So while uh, I'm starting to put the arugula in, let's talk about uh, component number two, which is the ragu. So the ragu, all that is is marinara. Let me say, as Mark is stirring in this arugula into the sausage, we're going to turn the heat off. 
because we want the we just want the arugula to wilt a little bit so the heat of the now still sizzling sausage will wilt it right and he's just going to stir that for like a minute and then leave right. it be so i said ragu and i was wrong right it's You're marinara right. it's mar marinara wait isn't it marinara marinara <laughs> wait, don't i don't speak italian <laughs> i don't have any clue i don't know anyway it's the stuff that leonardo da vinci ate so <laughs> so i'm really <laughs> we live in the country and in the summer use marinara i go get tomatoes from our local people and I put away 19 quarts of homemade marinara Crazy. in August in our freezer for just this purpose. Now, if you don't have your homemade marinara in your freezer, shame on you. But you can go to the supermarket. <laughs> I hate that crap from cookbook authors. <laughs> I really do. I hate that crap. I don't get it. I don't get the crap. Okay, you that have goes a small somewhere. freezer. Do you have uh, one quart of marinara? You know what? You know what? People lead hectic and busy lives, and we are in a profession where we run counter to their hectic and busy lives. My hectic and busy life involves making nineteen quarts but of marinara. But that's your job. Marinara. But that's your job. That's not somebody's job who's. A, I, I don't know, an actuarial somewhere. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let the actuarial buy marinara So sauce. what you have to do if you're buying marinara is read your labels. Mark and I have talked about this endlessly when we wrote Real Food Has Curves, that there are plenty of good convenience food products out there if you look at the labels. There are some really good jarred marinaras on the shelf. They're probably not the ones that are a dollar or quart. Um, you know, the ones that are on sale for a dollar or quart are probably corn syrup and tomato paste and garbage. So leave the labels, look for ones made with olive oil. And you need one quart. You need one, one quart jar. So read the labels and look for ones that all it has is tomatoes and onions and olive oil and herbs. And you want plain here. You don't yeah. want any of the fancy marinaras out there, I don't know, with bottled shrimp. I don't yeah, know. You don't need like the arrabbiata with the hot peppers. No, 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 no. We, would, we want just a plain, straight-powered marinara here. Okay. So now, but, the third ingredient, which we've already made because it takes a little while and we don't want to bore you to death, um, was a Parmesan cream sauce. And this is what takes the place of the different cheeses. And this will sort of hold it together in almost an eggless custard way. Right. So what Mark did to make this is he melted four tablespoons of butter in a saucepan. That's half a stick for you paying attention at home. Then, half a stick of butter. Then he whisked in four tablespoons or a quarter cup of flour. Right. And he made a roux. Right. And he just let that come to a bubble. He didn't want to brown that because yeah, we want this to be a white That sauce. I did this over medium-low heat, right? And yep. I wanted the butter just to melt. And I just want to stir until the flour is incorporated and not until it was burned or no. even... Just a light bubble. I mean, this is not... What do they call it, Stephen? Blonde. No, yeah. No, in Louisiana, when they, it goes for like 20 minutes. Oh, napalm. Cajun napalm. Yeah. No, this is not Cajun napalm. This is uh, a really, really, bl like uh, the culinary term is blonde roux. Because Mark is making a bechamel. So then Mark whisked in three cups of milk and one cup of stock. And the reason... Slowly. Yes. Slowly whisked it in into that hot butter flour mixture, whisking all the while and pouring. In fact... I put my broth and my milk in one liquid container yep. and then just stood there pouring and whisking out of that container. And he did that until it started to thicken and bubble. It took about four minutes, at which point we whisked in some, some Parmesan cheese to make this a parm cream sauce. And, you know, we, uh, let me just back up. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, uh, anxiety out there about... 
liquid measuring cups from cookbook authors. And oh my gosh. anxiety about liquid measuring cups? Oh my gosh, you can't measure liquids in a a, dry dry ingredient. You know, in the standard cup, you got to use the big jar for the quart. Honestly, that is all complete BS. But what is not BS about it all, given... Uh, we're not talking thermonuclear chemistry here, right? We're talking, we would be talking about lasagna in the realm of possibility if we used a dry measure cup. What is the truth is that you'll spill milk all the way to the stove <laughs> out of the dry measure cup. And so if you use the larger vessels for liquid measuring, you could pour it in there and then get it to the stove without, because honestly, well, without spilling it, spilling it everywhere. Well, you could pour it into the dry measure cup over the pot. But yeah, but then that's that. I can't whisk. You can't whisk. Well, that. you don't have three arms. So no, no. well, not really. So um, you, you know, uh, you gotta just get it in the liquid thing. I don't know why I'm going off on this, but anyway, I, I, because I'm so irritated at my kind <laughs> at cookbook writers who are so fussy about this stuff, and honestly. It, unwarranted fussiness does not get dinner on the table. So. No, but a good Parmesan cream sauce does. Yes. And so we're going to, gr- we have grated up with the small hulls of a box grater. Small. About six ounces of Parmesan cheese. We actually grated up more. I put two ounces aside for that's for the topping. So if you want to put more than six, that's okay. You can make a little cheese. You can go up to eight ounces in the middle, but save two ounces back for the top. So, and by the way, you can buy grated Parmesan cheese at all supermarkets, just not stuff in the can. No. Go to the cheese counter and it will be grated in the plastic containers. Make sure they grated it in the store. Well, because if they don't grate it in the store, you're possibly getting wood pulp. You could be. That's a whole thing. That's a whole thing in and of itself. But if they've graded it in the store, get it. And in any case, don't buy the shelf-stable stuff in the containers because, honestly, that's a modified oil product. Yeah, and I think they even have cheese food on the label, which is the same thing they put on American cheese. And Velveeta. And we know how close that Velveeta. is to cheddar. Velveeta. We should make a lasagna with only Velveeta. Mm, you Don't en- you think? You will enjoy it oh all by god. yourself. Oh my god. Velveeta and Rotel tomatoes and noodles. Well, um, you might as well use tortillas at that point. No, I don't want, no, I want lasagna. And then Okay, oh. you're using Velveeta. That's not lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> you were clearly not raised a Christian. No. I want this, this cream sauce to have a little more flavor. So I'm going to whisk into it also half a teaspoon of ground nutmeg and half a teaspoon of ground-up fennel. And if you are lucky enough to have fennel pollen oh, for God's sitting sake. around your spice rack, use it. Oh, for God's sake, who is po- fennel pollen? Well, Harriet brought us some from Italy, okay. and thank you, Harriet. That all right. was delicious. Anyway, so just in, all you have to do is you take those fennel seeds and grind them in. You can also buy a jar of ground fennel. In a spice grinder or buy ground fennel and half a teaspoon of grated nutmeg. So now we have a nicely seasoned bechamel velouté mix that is going to be layered with that delicious marinara with the sausage meat more crumbled and the noodles we are using which are today no boil noodles now listen i know you said we're going to fight about it i'm not going to fight about it i have come to understand the pleasure of the no you boil noodles. you used to give me hell i know no- i did isn't it funny that i'm the guy who gets so irritated at my cookbook kind and yet i'm also the guy who doesn't want i don't want bruce to use nonstick baking spray i want him to use traditional he would prefer i noodles. roll out my own lasagna sheets well no actually that's silly <laughs> but i i used to be of the ill the, oh no you have to boil the lasagna noodles and all that stuff um, now, I've actually kind of gotten into the no-boil noodles. However, not all no-boil noodles are the same. Um, you're going to have to play with different brands and taste them because I have found some brands create a mushier lasagna, some hold a little bit of tooth, yeah, but some are flat, some are ridged. 
Um, can so, you can you give us better help than some brands? I like Ronzoni. Okay, there you um, go. I don't like Barilla. But there's something about the Barilla that tastes gummy to in me. In the no-boil noodles. Yeah, in the no-boil The One of the ways you could tell when you look at it, do the noodles have a translucency like real pasta, or are they opaque like pressed paste? I want a little translucency, and the uh, Ronzoni's do that. Okay, so. and at Christmas, I have to say, we used a gluten-free noodle. We had somebody who had gluten concerns at Christmas. We made this lasagna, and we used gluten-free noodles, and they were about the best noodle, gluten-free, no-boil noodles. And I have to say, those were about the best noodles I'd had in a long time. And the reason and they were so good is because they were made with corn and Rice, not just rice. They were an Italian brand, Bruce La found. La Venezia Nona, something, I don't know, something yeah, like that. that. Bruce found on Amazon and actually ordered them, and they were fabulous. I will also say that because we made a gluten-free lasagna, we did use potato starch to thicken that Parmesan sauce, and you can't then make a roux. Right. You have to just melt butter, whisk the liquids into it, and then add your potato starch. And the potato starch gets whisked with a little stock or water before you put it in, just like you were thickening a sauce with Chinese food. You make a little slurry out of it, right. and then you whisk it into the simmering milk stock mixture. Right, and that will be the gluten-free But Honestly, those gluten-free no-boil noodles were actually, I think, better than any of the others I've They taste. were really, really good. Okay, so now we're going to build this. We have a 9 by 13 pan in front of us, and I'm spooning some of the marinara sauce. Now, I don't have to heat it up. I thawed it out of our freezer. If you have a jar of it, you can open the top of the jar and just spoon it right from the jar. And I'm spooning just a, very, a couple spoonfuls for a very, very thin layer on the bottom, and then I'm gonna put three noodles on top of them. But these noodles don't fit the nine by 13, do they? Like a normal no, noodle. not really. They not, it doesn't go the right way. No, yeah. it goes the short way, not the long way. Right. And you don't overlap them. Right. You actually give them some space because they'll expand and grow to fill the space. Right. So you put them widthwise or crosswise yes. to the dish, and you will see when you get them they're not long. And as Bruce says, you got to leave like an inch between them so that they have space to spread and out in the dish. You just space them evenly across. Now we're going to spoon one cup of this marinara on top of the noodles, and then Mark is going to take about a third of that meat mixture and scatter that and sprinkle it over the top of this. Right. And it's beautiful. He's, he's spreading it out. It's it, you don't you know you know just make it as even as you can, and then I'm going to take about a cup of the cream sauce and spoon that on top. That's nice. And we're going to repeat this. We're just going to keep repeating this layer. And we're going to end the top with the last of the marinara and the last of the Parmesan cream sauce and then sprinkle all the extra Parmesan on top. Honestly, honestly, if you didn't make exactly the layers that we make, can you really screw this up? Not at all. It doesn't matter if you didn't divide it evenly. Just get all that stuff in there with three layers of filling and four layers of noodles. But you can't just shove this lasagna in the oven. Um, No-boil noodles need the lasagna to be covered for the first part of baking. And you also can't just put tin foil or aluminum foil over the top of the lasagna. Why? You can't put foil on top of it because the tomatoes are acidic and it'll eat through the foil. Mm, that's what you want to eat. Nice melted well, aluminum maybe. foil. But you don't want to eat that. And so by putting a layer of parchment paper down between the casserole and the foil, we protect the foil from the acidity of the casserole. And honestly, we've talked enough that let's just say, after you get the parchment on and the foil on. You bake it for 45 minutes at 325 degrees. Take the top off, bake it another 15 minutes, and it'll be all melty and brown and beautiful. But you can't serve it yet because lasagna has to cool. Otherwise, A, it won't cut well, and B, you'll get pizza burn roof of your mouth with the skin falling off. So you don't want that either. So after this bakes and after it cools, we're going to taste it. 
oh, this lasagna smells great. It does. I can't wait. So I cut a nice square into a plate, and I'm just going to dig in. Oh, it's cooled enough. Mm. I'm getting it, but... Mm. 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 It's so... Yeah, no words. Um, if you ever have had, if you haven't ever had lasagna, I can't even talk. If you haven't ever had lasagna like this, it's crazy because that that ricotta and mozzarella mix with the egg, you just get very moussey and fluffy, and that's not this at all. This is saucy. It's light. And it it seems lighter. And the nice thing about the no boil noodles is they absorb mm. a lot of extra liquid. So while mm. it's saucy, it's not wet. So it's just and I, absolutely I, lovely. I want to say a little secret that we didn't even say earlier, but I'm going to give it away. Uh-oh. Is that Parmesan cream sauce that we made, we made it with skimmed milk. Um, we made it with yeah. non-fat milk. Because that's what I had in the house. And you know what? You put enough Parmesan in it, and it's delicious. Plus, it was butter. So yeah, the butter I mean, it's not, I'm not suggesting that we... Uh, but we did save back a little of the unctuousness of it by using non-fat milk. Yeah. And it, this would be... If you don't want to use skim milk... This would be perfectly acceptable with 1% or 2%. But you, you could use crazy. whole milk if you wanted, right? Of course. Of course, yes. Of course. You could use whole milk you if you wanted. You could use freaking cream. But, mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you don't really want to use, uh, as I so eloquently said, freaking cream. So uh, y- you don't want to use that. But whole milk would be fine. But honestly, we use fat-free milk, and, and this is delicious. I, I like this recipe. I approve. I'm a lasagna snob. And uh, I totally approve of this. So what kind of more can we say? I, I, I don't know. So to hear us cook through more recipes every week, check out Cooking with Bruce and Mark wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. <laughs>